You are listening to the Alouette's Flight Deck, a proud member of the Canadian Football Podcast Network. All right, folks, we've been clear for takeoff. I'm going to be iconic. Welcome to Alouette's Flight Deck, podcast dedicated to Montreal Alouette's football. I am Tim Capper. You can find me on X at Repact. That's R-E-P-P-A-C-T. And I'm Cliffy D. You can also find me on X at Cliffy D. And this episode of the Alouette's Flight Deck is presented by our good friends over at Sportbuff, where if you use the promo code ALSFLIGHTDECK10 at checkout, you will save 10% off your entire order. So head over to www.sportbuffshop.com. Check out the amazing, amazing merchandise they have. Use the promo code. And as always, folks, support local. Have you missed any of the episodes of the uh, Flight Deck at all? Well, you can head over to our full archive over at www.alouettesflightdeck.ca. You can follow us on X slash Twitter at uh, Alouettes FL Deck. Facebook, you can find us over at Alouette's Flight Deck Pod. Instagram and Threads, you can find us over at Alouette's Flight Deck. And then YouTube, where you can find all of the uh, all of our audio uh, podcasts. You can also find our Flight Deck Lives. They're all archived there. All you can do is just head over to alouettesflightdeck.ca and make sure when you're there, Make sure you hit subscribe, and if you want to make sure that if you are notified for when we go live, make sure you hit the bell button, and uh, you'll be notified when we do all of our live broadcasting. Also, if you want to rep the the podcast, you can do so by heading over to our merch store at teespring.com slash stores slash Al's Flight Deck, where you have just a very, very few bits of time in order to pick up that cartoon bird 56 t-shirt for our fan uh, our fan meetup on thanksgiving monday but you can head over there and pick up any of our merchandise uh including right now we're running a promo code of t giving 23 where you will get 10 percent off your entire order so uh buy merch rep it and uh we'll be looking forward to seeing you at the fan meetup on Thanksgiving Monday. Mm-hmm. You know, before the we started taping here tonight, I was watching Welcome to Wrexham, and it kind of made me think of how this last game was kind of like a, a movie of the week type of thing, where, you know, it, it didn't get its Hollywood ending. You know, it, it stalled in the middle. But then all of a sudden, it, it picked up in the second half. Everything was going right for our heroes. We got the stops. We got everything that we needed. And then we didn't get that Hollywood ending. It wasn't a cliffhanger either. It wasn't a to-be-continued. You know, obviously, like some documentaries do, they ended on a low note. And that's you know, to me, that's very similar to what this game was this past week versus the Toronto Argonauts. I suppose it could have been worse. It could have been like the ending of the fin- the series finale of The Sopranos, where everything just goes to black, and you're like left wondering, <laughs> "What the hell? What 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 was that?" You know, like, well, I guess it, I guess it could have been like that, and and, and maybe in some senses, maybe it would have been better off because the way <laughs> the game ended this past Friday at Percival Molson Stadium, I mean, not a happy ending for sure. And not a sad ending. I mean, unless you really truly mm-hmm. wanted. Montreal to win, which we did, but so I guess it was an ending. I mean, <laughs> there's just nothing else to say. I mean, it was a very interesting game in the sense that both these teams played their asses off. They really did. Both came to play. Both looked outstanding more in the second half because the first half, as what seems to be lately with Montreal Alouettes, it, it was a dog's breakfast. It was just a whole lot of nothing. Mm-hmm. But then these two teams got their act together. They made changes. They made the adjustments in the second half. And it ended up being, for the most part, a very entertaining football game. But, yeah, the ending just, I mean, if you're an Al- Alouettes fan, the the ending just didn't quite live up to the destination, the journey, if you will. I mean, it, it didn't live up to what we ultimately wanted in the end. 
No, uh, no, unfortunately it did not. I mean, the Alouettes lose, and it, it, they did. They lost a heartbreaker to the Toronto Argonauts. They get swept in the season, the three-game season series, regular season series, or season series 23-20. Uh, Owls lose the uh, uh, a three-game season series for the first time to Toronto since 1986. Um it gives the Argos the Eastern Division title. So everything, you know, leading up to the Grey Cup will go through Toronto. Um, it, it, it's just that, you know, we've seen where the Owls have uh, have had almost a full 60 minutes. Uh, we've seen them play like garbage and then come back. I mean, it, it's unfortunately, you know, like... The, like I said during a flight deck live, the Owls have been so damn streaky this year. It, it, they just cannot put together a full sixty minutes. Really, the only one game was was versus Saskatchewan, where that really was a full sixty minutes. Mm-hmm. But it's you know whether it is the wins losses, is whether it's the off uh, you know the, the the unable to you know being able to score offensive touchdowns. Just the ineptitude of that through multiple points this season, you know. And I agree with you, though. This was a gr- this was a great game. It was very, uh, you know, very on point to what the last game versus Toronto and Montreal was like. Mm-hmm. That you know that that's Alouette's football that we like. But man, dude, it's can they get can they put together sixty minutes of football again? You know, just certain things. You know, if they had put together, you know. Even though they seemed to dominate the time of possession in the first half, they really didn't get it going until the second. But it, again, certain things just did not go right. I mean, again, we saw how the game ended. Game ended on a block field goal. You know, one little mistake, one little mistake cost the 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 Owls a potential tie and head into overtime. But it's. It is what it is. The Owls are on a four-game losing streak. You know, four and seven. They're now tied. It's weird to say they're they're technically tied in points for second place with Hamilton, but they do lead the. Uh, they did win the season series versus Hamilton. I I don't know what else what else this team can do. I mean, they they've they have gone through every single thing that they could have this year, from from injuries, multitudes of injuries, to uh, quarterbacks being hurt, wide receivers, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Six and seven is where they're at, unfortunately. And once again, I, I've said it before and I'll say it again, you are what your record says you are. And right now this is, well, it, it's a mid team and now just slightly under mid because now you're six and seven. So you're under 500. It uh, doesn't mean you're bad, but it definitely doesn't mean you're good. I mean, the more I think about it, Tim, the the hallmark, the, the calling card, if you will, of this Montreal Alouettes team for the past decade. I'm going back to 2013 when that, that championship era for the Montreal Alouettes essentially was finished. When mm-hmm. Mark Tressman bolted for the NFL and from that moment to where we are today in 2023, roughly 10 plus years. I mean, 10 years in a bit, however you want to phrase it. The one thing that this team has always been is consistently inconsistent. No matter what, no matter who's behind center, no matter who the general manager is, no matter who owns the team. And this team has gone through so much upheaval. And the one thing that seems to be constant above all else, besides our unwavering dedication to this team through thick and thin, is that they are consistently inconsistent. And I wish I knew why. I I, I wish I knew why it feels like every time this team takes two steps forward, they either get knocked back a step or they knock themselves back two steps and you're back to where you started from. Well, in this case, it was four steps forward, (laughs) four steps back. (laughs) Hard to argue that (laughs) it, it, it's baffling. It, it, it's just one of these, I could live to be a hundred and I will still not, uh, when I look back at this, this, this time with the, the Montreal Alouettes history, I will say, what the f? Like what, what? What is it? Like what? What? It's not like there's just one thing you can point to and say this is what's caused the Alouettes to be where they are, and for this to be essentially their identity. There are multiple. There's a multiple, a multitude of things that have led to the Alouettes to where they are right now. And 
even when you think things are finally starting to turn a corner, even when you think that this team has got it put together, has got it figured out, then you get games like this. And the week before where they just got absolutely manhandled by the same Toronto team. It's just, it's baffling. There's just no other word to put it other than it's baffling. Yeah, no, that's a actually that's a pretty damn good analogy. That that really is a very. I mean, it's you 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 know for most supporters, you'll look at the records and you'll you, you'll just look at the records themselves and say this is how we ended up in the year we went to the playoffs and da 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 da. But you're right. You know, with all all the trials and tribulations that the Owls have gone through since you know since since 2011, you know uh, the loss of of you know Hall of Famer AC. Uh, head coaches galore, quarter, starting quarterbacks galore. It's true. It really is. I mean, it's just uh, 2019 was kind of a change in that, you know, but, you know, again, the VA era is over. The VA era is over here. <laughs> it's been over, you know, since he was traded last season. And and by the way, I, I'm, I'm you pointed this out in pregame, and I have to at least mention it now, speaking of real quick, since we're talking about the past. Uh, shout out to uh, to former Alouettes quarterback uh, Vernon Adams. Uh, not once, but twice in his career, has he has he led a team to a a almost a, a team record for for comebacks. You know, he did it for the you know the Miracle on Mount Royal for that twenty four point comeback versus Winnipeg in twenty nineteen, and he did it this past week for a nineteen point comeback versus Ottawa in the fourth quarter too. So. Not many. I don't think many quarterbacks can actually say that they've done they've done what he's done. And you know, yes, I'm I am still uh, I'm okay with with Cody Fajardo being our starting quarterback. But when you got the system, when you have the perfect the right guys in place, when you are there where they make it, where they have the, they set the team up for you specifically, it just goes to show what any player can do. And that's what VA has done in BC. So, um, again, props to him. But uh, yeah, yeah uh, inconsistently, consi- inconsistently consistent. Yeah, no, definitely <laughs> big, big time props to BA. He he just he did the thing, and so proud of him. I mean, the, we, we he will always be our quarterback. I mean, yes, you're absolutely right. This is not meant to be disparaging to Cody Fajardo or anybody else who lines up under center of the Alouettes, but for what we've seen from day one of, of Vernon Adams, like anyone who truly knows the man is not surprised to see what he pulled off this past Saturday against Ottawa. I mean, it was just absolutely sensational and honestly could not happen to a better person. Like mm-hmm. it just would have been nice if he could still be here doing that, but the circumstances didn't allow it. It is what it is. He's out in BC doing his thing and doing amazing. And, you know, like I even said, to, I remember even saying to him, like, I wouldn't be mad seeing like a BC Lions Montreal Alouettes Great Cup, and honestly, not being upset regardless of who wins because it's true. It would truly be for us the best of both worlds. Mm-hmm. We'd be thrilled for VA to finally get that Great Cup championship and to prove that he is who we have said he's been for years. Or the Alouettes win a Great Cup, and that's awesome for us too. So, <laughs> yeah. And but it, it, it mathematically it could still happen, but I mean. We take a look at this game against Toronto and where things are at right now and what's coming up on the horizon for the Alouettes. I'm not, it, it's not a difficult road that they're on, but it's not easy either. I mean, it's, let's, let's call it what it is. They've got their work cut out for them. They do. Um, it, just the first half alone seems so shades of the comeback game in Ottawa. The first half was just it was just a total garbage. I, people remember what it was in, in Ottawa uh, before the comeback, but it, the same thing here. It was just garbage in the first half, and it, it, you know it took them going in, into the locker room down after only scoring three points to you know to actually show up. And so, Fajardo did not look good at all in that first half. I mean, he no at all. It was just yeah. I mean, wasn't getting a whole lot of help from his offensive line either, but some of his decision-making skills and some of the, the checkdowns and the, the the hitch routes that he was throwing were just like, why? Why? Like, do you, do you not know where the, the end zone is? I guarantee it's not on the sidelines because that's where you're throwing there 
and then we're you're left wondering why you can only get like three four yards at a clip like it yeah i hate to say it, like and it's it's so funny because yeah once cody figured out where the end zone was at you know and started throwing towards it they started scoring they, they started putting points on the board and that was great and you just wonder like why, why couldn't you have done that in the first half too it'd be a completely different game yeah no i it I, again, the second half started off the way that fans wanted it to. I mean, this is crazy, and I, I was only able to confirm this with uh, CFL stats guru Steve Daniel, just specifically on Fajardo. But you know, uh, Cody for the second time this year, Cliff had a had a completion streak, uh, ten plus ten plus consecutive completion streak for the second time this year, and it showed in it right at the very beginning because that's where again that's where the Alowitz. Alowitz started off well. I think earlier in the year, I think it was thirteen, if I'm not mistaken. I, I wasn't able to find out which game it was, but but still, Cody, Cody came to play. Everybody came to play in that second half. Remember, we were down. William Stanback. That, that's a whole other thing we got to talk about. By the way, is the running game was just completely non-existent. But the Owls did what they needed to do to do in that second half. They, dude, they got the lead. They got the blocking. I couldn't find that block. By the way, I know we talked about it on Flight Deck Live. But that that block by Walter Fletcher that allowed Cody to to, to throw a, a particular pass to to uh, maybe it was Tyson Philpar something like that I couldn't find the actual play but I, I I know you remember me commenting about it at the game itself yeah they did everything that was necessary everything that was necessary in order to get this team back into it and they did they did yeah. you know just just one little blip one little blip there in the fourth quarter that really cost cost the Alouettes the game yeah. And let's let's not overstate the awesomeness of Cody Fajardo being able to find and develop that connection with Tyson Philpot. I, I mean, outstanding. I mean, this is what we we were expecting. And even though Tyson Philpot spent the first part of the year more or less on the injured list, and it felt like it took a, a good while for him to really develop that chemistry with Fajardo. It was almost mm-hmm. as if Fajardo was like, "Okay, I got Austin Mack. I got Tyler Sneed." Uh, I can hand it off to William Stanback or Walter Fletcher. Uh, like it was just like he seemed hesitant to go to go looking towards Phil Potts' direction, and you, you can even see like Tyson was just like, "I'm ready, I'm ready. You just got to find me. I, I I'm gonna get open. I'm I'm ready to go." And finally, it's almost like Fajardo was finally like, "Okay, yeah, let's let, let's see what this kid can do." And sure enough, a lot of great connections and even scoring a touchdown. I mean that that was. It, it, it did my heart good to see that because Tyson Philpott is a superstar. Now that he's back, he's healthy, ready to contribute. Like this is a guy you can lean on because let's face it. Everybody knows who Austin Mack is now. I mean, yeah, he's not leading the league in reception yards by accident. It didn't happen all of a sudden. Uh, we know the connection with Tyler Sneed and the, the confidence he seems to have uh, for Jarter does in Cahoon 3.0. Now you just got to find something with Tyson Philpott. And I think we've, he finally realized it finally clicked in that, Oh yeah, I got a stud receiver at my side. Let me throw the ball to him. I bet good things will happen. And sure enough, they did. So once again, with, with that and the return of K on Julian Grant to the lineup. Yeah. I, I think for finally started to realize like, I just gotta get the ball out and start connecting with these guys because I've got a lot of talent at my arsenal. Like the the you don't have to keep running into your offensive line. You don't have to have the happy feet and trying to do too much. And I think that's a lot of what Fajardo's problem is: is he's trying so hard to be the hero. He's trying to get that home run shot, and it's ending up biting him in the ass. And it, you know, you just gotta have faith in your receivers because they've got faith in you. That you throw them the ball, they are gonna make good things happen. But you gotta throw them the ball. Like you just. There are too many times where Fajardo is just trying to do too much by himself. And yeah, if he can scamper first, first down, that's fantastic. But throw the damn ball. I mean, it's <laughs> like when you do, you tend to connect with your receivers. I mean, wasn't his completion rating like something like in the, the 80s this past game, despite the final 70, result? 77% with an efficiency of 93.3. And the reason why I think we brought it down was the interception. Right. But. But still, still, I mean, 30, 30 of 39, dude, for 274 yards. You know, one and that, one. So it's... These, these are not terrible numbers. I mean, like, this is what 
you would expect out of your starting quarterback is some sort of consistency when it comes to throwing the ball. So he's just he's got to start believing in himself to be able to do that. He's got to start trusting his receivers to be able to go and make that catch, not just like the amazing catches Austin Mack can make. Mm-hmm. Spread the ball around, make things happen. And for God's sakes, I mean, don't abandon the run either. Like that's I, I think that really was one of the things with the Alouettes was just once again, we're we're seeing it again. And I was actually reminded by a previous episode of the of the flight deck of one of our times talking with uh, head coach Jason Moss. And I even complimented him on being able to put the the running backs into play to be able to use that more because that was the narrative with him. One of the many narratives with him last year in Saskatchewan was he abandoned the run far too often. Yeah, and he finally it, it was looking initially earlier this year that he had got it figured out. He knew how to incorporate the run game. The past couple of games, though, he, he's gotten the hell away from it and. It's not like we weren't down that much this game. It's not like the previous game we were just getting, you know, shellac, which I can understand. But right. let's let, let's look at the positive. You're talking about about our wide receiver court. It's funny, uh, you know, we're talking about uh, little big one K Mac. You know, he he wasn't the leading receiver. Far from it this this week. You know, Tyson Philpott led the team with nine receptions for 105 yards and that one teddy. Uh, next went to Tyler Sneed, three receptions, 63 yards. Austin Mack, six, uh, six for 45. Cole Speaker, four for 37. Um, you know, KJG, he got his targets, but it, it's funny, three catches for four yards. What? Uh, but mind you, a lot of them were right at the, you know, were right at the other line of scrimmage where for some reason he, he it's like the ball shouldn't have been thrown anyways, but I, I digress. Um, you know, uh, David Delaire got his first, it was his first CFL catch, if I'm not mistaken, right? Uh, 17 that's, yards. That's right. Yeah. Um, again, it's 10, was it 10, eight, eight different receivers had at least one target. And I think last week, I think it was, I think it was 10, if I remember correctly. But so we big, know he, he knows how to spread the ball around. It's just, it's got to be consistent. Mm hmm. Which I yeah, know, but, once again, we, we talked about this earlier. This is not a theme for the Alouettes is being consistent, but you got to find a way. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And unfortunately, we're talking about it before is that, you know, even though the Owls only lost by three, you know, the leading rusher was Walter Fletcher. Obviously, he was playing for the for the dinged up. Um. William Stanbeck. Yeah, dinged up William Stanbeck. He had only 29, rush, 29 yards on six carries. You know, and then from there it was Antwi was seventeen, Cody had not uh, nineteen, and Caleb Evans at six. So just take away the two quarterbacks, and you had uh, forty six yards on ten carries. That's, yeah, it doesn't make any sense. It's not not enough, I, especially two going up against the Argos and AJ Ouellette, who just bowls people over like he has been all season and even as early as last year, this yeah. guy was doing that and did it once but again against the Alouettes. Right, but what the, but the, what the Owls defense was able to do to Olet this week, uh, this past week, you know, I mentioned it before. If we were to give a game balls, dude, you know, uh, despite Cody's streak and whatnot that he had at the beginning of the second half, the game ball goes to the defense without yeah. a doubt. Yeah. They, they, they were, literally next level they, they were definitely outstanding and, and you, you saw darnell stanky make his alouettes debut and did not look out of place at all but this, this just wearing looked- number one that's where he's the, the same thing with with sean lem with wearing number zero that just looks out of out of place for these defensive backs so it's it's a little bizarre not gonna lie but <laughs> you know <laughs> it is what it is but uh no this, this defense i mean Top to bottom looked extremely solid I mean, and made plays happen. Uh, the crowd got behind them as well. And that was the other thing, too, is oh, crowd was this so crowd, good. They got amped. They got excited because you, you gave them reasons to be excited. Uh, I mean, just that that defensive stand with uh, less than two or just under two minutes to go. Mm-hmm. My God. And being able to shut down Chad Kelly is no small feat. Yeah, that but that in itself again was the turning point though. You know, props to the crowd. Again, the crowd was in it. The crowd needed to be where it was, but that was the turning point within the game itself, besides the block field goal. 
you know, and and why was it? A, why do you say that, Tim? Well, let's put it this way. So, I mean, at two minutes and 25 seconds left, so we're already past the three-minute warning cliff, you know, Toronto actually had scored a touchdown to tie the game up. Mm-hmm. But it was negated because of a uh, of a uh, of a penalty during the play. Mm-hmm. So it negated it. Send the third and long. We stop them. So it was a turnover on downs. Owls get the ball back, right, Cliff? But what do the Owls do to respond in order to take take you know what they needed to do and to take time off the clock? They go two and out. They go two and out and take a grand total of twenty one seconds off the clock. What happens on the next drive? Mind you, it is a it was a glorious throw, and it, it needed to be you need to have it to be perfect in order for it to for it to to be completed. It was. Toronto goes on that two play drive, glorious touchdown by Chad Kelly, and it ties up the ties up the game with the Alouettes. Again, twenty one seconds after they yeah, have you, you stopped them on that and uh, Demetrius. Yeah. Demetrius Yeah, so that one play, twenty-one seconds. You take off the clock. You you now we're talking about it. You got to take more time off the clock than just twenty-one seconds. Yeah. So, but you do, and and how do you do that? Run the ball. Mm-hmm. An incomplete pass is not going to cut it because that just stops the clock. Uh, or even if you yes, complete uh... the pass and only get seven yards. That's not going to cut it either. I, I, it was just mm-hmm. a wasted series, absolutely wasted series. It, yeah, and and the, and the frustrating part was, yeah, just watching watching. <laughs> man, it it makes my blood boil. It really does. It shouldn't, but <laughs> oh, and then watching the Alouettes just try to do something to to kill time and then Cody Fajardo gets hit with a, a, a hellacious hit from I think it was a Darius Pickett if I'm not mistaken former Alouette a Darius Pickett and instead of obviously Cody was just trying to force this ball and there was nobody else there was no Alouettes around but there was an Argo who was more than happy to take that interception and mm-hmm. what a time to throw your only interception of the game and it was right after Toronto had scored, too, by the way. Yeah. Which led to the go-ahead field goal. Yeah, I mean, really. It was just painful. I mean, all the Alouettes had to do was kill clock, get downfield enough to kick the hopefully game-winning field goal, and they couldn't do it. It was just pain, just pure yeah. pain. Yeah, that, 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 was just one, that was with 103 left in the fourth. That's when that's when the uh, inter- that's when the ball was intercepted. Yeah, you know, okay. and I don't, I, I don't know what's worse: getting blown out or losing in like soul crushing fashion like that. I, with all honesty, and all the many games that I've seen over the years, Cliff, I would probably would go with a heartbreaking loss because I hate blowouts because then they get really really boring. True enough, but especially it, a, a blow. It's tough to watch though because you know that especially when you know you have a team that can, can is so much better than what they're showing. Yeah, that, that that's pretty frustrating. But to lose like that, to, to lose in heartbreaking fashion, the way the Alouettes did, knowing what was on the line too. I mean, mm-hmm. do you realize what this victory could have meant for this team? What, this, what it could have meant for essentially the entire Eastern Division? I mean, oh, yeah. I think that's what's got to be frustrating Alouettes fans more than anything else is the what could have been more than anything else. And now with the, the, the knowledge that, yeah, this, this is Toronto's division and I'll, I'll, I'll go as far as to say it. The only way the, the, the Argonauts do not go to the gray cup again is if Chad Kelly somehow gets injured because mm-hmm. he really is the heart and soul of that team. He really is the straw that stirs the drink when it comes to the Argos. I mean, yeah, they, they go as far as he's willing to take them. And truthfully, the way he's been playing this year, he he really will take them to the promised land. I I, I truly believe that. I, I and, and now we're gonna have to see if if you want to go to the Great Cup in the Eastern Division, you're gonna have to get through these Argos. And 
uh, again, I hate to be negative. I hate to be pessimistic, but that's going to be e- a lot easier said than done. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, you know, we had, again, for that final drive itself for the Alouettes, you know, uh, I don't think anybody saw it coming. You know, uh, it was that 33-yard pass to Tyson Philippot that really, you know, the, the gals goal only got the ball back with 21 seconds left in the fourth. And, and they, they had a chance. It was a 45-yard field goal. It was blocked, and I was like... And credit to... I, I will give major full marks to the, the offense for not giving up. You know, mm-hmm. yeah, you're right. Like, most most people, 20 seconds left, it's over. It's over. But imagine if if, if well, the we, field goal wasn't our, blocked. My God. Yeah, but. we've had our fair... Remember, we've had our fair share. Remember Marsh Madness? Don't mm-hmm. forget about Marsh Madness. That's true. Um, you know, that was that was a last that was a, a last second drive. Um it, it, it that was. led to a field goal. So uh so I, I again, yes. Owls do lose this game, drop to six and seven. Um you know, not everything was perfect once again. Once again, you know, even even the penalties, I mean it was a, it was an improvement cliff from from the week prior. Uh, uh, nope. When it came to pe- to penalties, but I mean, nobody got ejected. That's good. Yeah, that yeah, that was good too. Yep. Yeah. You know, the Owls only had seven penalties. You know, Argos had eleven, but you know, the again, the the, the plus is actually this is this is funny. The plus is that none of them were on, none of their penalties were on special teams. No, and Chandler Worthy. Came very very close to breaking one off. And oh, did he? I know, I know. You really truly get the impression that it's it really is just a matter of time before he has a house call, another house call this year. It is so close. It, it, we we actually saw him post game and tell him like, dude, we were there for you. We we wanted mm-hmm. it so badly for you, and you can tell that he's he says it's, it's coming, it's coming. Like you, you can tell he he knows it, it's good. It's just a matter of time. It, it, it just wasn't meant to be last week, but it's coming. He he will take one more to the house at for sure this year. Of that, yeah, I, and, 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 that, and that's all I got to. That's all I got to do this week. I just I just noticed it now that the that the that there was not a single punt by the Argos all night in that type of game. Where it's twenty three twenty, such a garbage first half, and then you have such a great second half. Everything was on Chandler on kickoffs. That that, that was a fifty yard return that he had. Mm-hmm. So it's hard to believe Toronto with no punts. That's crazy. Yep. It's, it was just that kind of weird, wacky game in a lot of ways. But yeah. Yeah. So um, again, I'll, I'll, you know, everything when it came to, you know, again, too, they were talking about it before, uh, not only with the block kick. But we also had the missed field goal by David Cote, and that kind of set Toronto up for something too, because even the, it was just just wide. Would have I think it would have tied the Owls? Is that what I'm trying to double check here? What it would have done? But I mean, it's and and that was that was late in the fourth, also, if I'm not mistaken. So, well, and what helped was that uh, Toronto ended up with a penalty that pushed them back considerably. Mm-hmm. As, I think it was a legal block in the back that. Uh, but the Argos on their own two or three yard line, if I'm not mistaken. But they were able to get out of the shadows of their own goalpost with a absolutely incredible pass. I think it was to Demetrius Coxey again. That was, was that, that 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 Cote drive, that Cote miss was right before that drive that the Alouettes stopped them on fourth down. Mm-hmm. That so it, it's funny how these things just followed each other one after another after another this past week. Which. Ultimately, does make for a very fun game to watch. There's no question about that. I mean, like the entertainment aspect of it was there. Both teams definitely brought that. Mm-hmm. It, it it really just. For, I mean, again, if you're an Argos fan, you're thrilled at how it ended. I mean, it was crazy as it was. You're happy at how it ended, but for Alouettes fans, I mean, it was just so close, so close. Yet once again, that it can just get snatched away from you, like snatching defeat from the jaws of victory. Yeah. That's and why it, it makes, it, it, it makes for a very bitter pill to swallow once again. I mean, getting blown out was bad enough the week before. Yeah. And it felt like, like you couldn't help but wonder, okay, 
two games at Percival Molson Stadium, and both are very tightly contested affairs that the Argos were able to squeak out of squeak out of there with a victory. And then you go to BMO Field, and the Owls get their lunch eaten for them, which again comes no, back the to Al- the same thing. The, Al- the Owls pooped the bed in Toronto, big time. And where's the Eastern Final going to be played this year? BMO mm-hmm. Field. If the Alouettes make it there, I, I mean, history is not on their side. It it never has been, especially when it comes to BMO Field. One victory out of so many. I mean, <laughs> and, and even though last year it ended up being a, a much more tightly contested affair, still was a loss, though. And as I said, I, I look at how this Argos team is built. I look at the weapons they have and realistically the only way you're going to get past them is if chad kelly gets hurt i i I am i'm willing to die on that hill that truly is you know that speaks volumes i mean just i I remember the start of the year people didn't know what to make of this kid and he's doing it man he he has proven that he belongs in this league and proven that deserves to be considered among one of the top quarterbacks in this league and to be paid as such which he will be it really is remarkable. Like this guy is in the MOP discussion with, without question. And I mean, really, truly like that's, I think that's the only thing that's going to stop the Argos this year is if somehow Chad Kelly gets injured. Yeah. A little bit of Alouette's news before we talk about the, uh, the lead up to this, this very important game uh, at Calgary on Saturday. Um, the, as I had mentioned, uh, on social last week before it was announced officially by the team, uh, that the season ticket member day is going to be happening cliff on, uh, the Saturday before Thanksgiving. So, um, you know, so that's going to be on October 7th. Uh, it's not going to be occurring at the personal Molson stadium this year it is going to be held at the, uh, at the annex field or the practice field at at the Olympic Stadium, and it's situated in between the Big O and Stad Saputo. So if you've been to the stadium, if you've been to practice before, then um, you know exactly where it is. Uh, make sure the official time, by the way, even though it says something different on the actual ticket itself, official time is from twelve thirty to two thirty p.m. that day. Mm-hmm. Uh, so you need to go into your um, your uh, your online ticket manager and make sure that you do uh, reserve your spot, quote unquote. I don't I don't know how it could be how it could be trolled anyways, but <laughs> considering <laughs> we know how, how open it is, but go in there and still you can uh, you can uh, quote unquote uh, reserve your tickets and they'll be put into your uh, into your online ticket manager. So uh, make sure you do that too, Cliff. Uh, also, f- uh, if you remember seeing it. Um, uh, it'll be a Q&A session with uh, President and CEO Mark Waitman and uh, General Manager Danny Machocha. Uh, they're going to be serving uh, wait, unlimited hot dogs and beverages, Cliff. Unlimited hot dogs and beverages, Cliff. Unlimited um, <laughs> uh, hot dogs, to, you say? Yes, yes. Get to watch them practice. Um, if you haven't picked up your cap yet for the your season ticket gift, you can do that there also. Uh, you'll be able to enjoy 25% off discount for the Alouette's Boutique. So they're going to be sent. Corey's going to have something set up there. Um, but uh, yeah, it should, it should be fun. And uh, we're hoping to do some stuff, um, whether it be taped or whether we do some stuff live, uh, you know, live on location. Uh, stay tuned for our socials and uh, we'll let you guys know what we're going to do. So it uh, won't, won't be the normal flight deck live, but it could easily be flight deck live. So. We could make an event out of it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, and then obviously leading up to what we talked about earlier is the uh, uh, the fan meetup on Thanksgiving Day. So again, stay tuned for any more information with that. Mm-hmm. Not not much more information at all from the Owls this week. Um, no major moves. No releases. No signings. No. Yeah. Yeah, not at all. I mean, it's I'm, I mean, am I surprised? No, but I mean, we're the, we're at that time of the year though now, Cliff. Where it's, you know what I mean. We're not really expecting much to occur unless it's something, you know. Yeah, I mean, so, the trade I mean, deadline's probably next month. 
I will the Alouettes make a move? I seriously don't know. I, I can't see them making any moves. I mean, at, at this point, I mean, I, think, I have to believe that they're set with who they've got. And realistically, is anybody like w- with the parody that's going on right now? I mean, is anybody really truly in a position to trade anything other than draft picks? I mean, yeah, I know. Oh, wow. Wow. Ottawa Kicker Lewis Ward's on the injury list. Looks like to be the sixth game. Uh, actually, he's out for the season. He tore a peck. Oh, I was wondering when he was holding his thing. I wondered when I saw that. And I, I, I feel bad. I kind of made a joke about because he's he's so young and uh, so young looking. I actually made a joke that uh, you know the reason why they brought in other kickers to try out was because they were grounding him for missing that uh, fi- that That's that so game tying field goal. <laughs> That's so bad, like, Then I got I got corrected online about uh, uh, no, yeah. he's actually out for the season. He tore his pack. Yeah, like, yeah, but dude, oh. for him to continue continue playing the game with a torn pack, come on. Whew. I, I, dude, that, 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 you that's need, going. You don't need your you don't need your peck to kick footballs, I guess. But uh, no, but you know, I'll give the dude props anyways. But well, it's the same thing with what Cody did. Remember, Cody Cody had an issue too for that. You know, he continued playing the game versus Hamilton, and he had and he had hurt his non throwing shoulder. Mm-hmm. So. These, these these guys ball these guys ball really really well uh, hard so i mean it's so no they're yeah you you cannot you can question a lot of things with these guys but their toughness is not something that can be questioned and I, I don't know if it's that canadian blue collar mentality that a lot of these guys have maybe that's really what it is but uh yeah i mean these these are some tough hombres out there so i, I I'll, I'll give credit where credit's due 100 yeah, so, so for 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 Lewis Ward to finish the game with a torn pec is pretty outstanding. I mean, yeah, it, it's un, it's unfortunate that his coach put him in a terrible position with that field goal. In my opinion, just kind of kind of like what with David Cote missing the the fifty four yarder. Should they have even been in that position? Should either of those kickers really have been in that position at, at that point? Wouldn't the punt have been better? Mm-hmm. I mean. Truly, really, if only to pin your opposition deep and make them work for whatever points. I mean, listen, it's hindsight, and yes, it's easy for us to, you know, make these suggestions and such. You know, sitting on our couch and you know, ultimately sitting in front of our computers. But uh, still, when you when you look at both instances, like those were, well, especially in the the Ottawa BC game, that was a true game breaker. Like that was what completely shifted momentum 100 percent to the bc lions of course by the way way, we now have a kicker in the league that almost has a very similar very similar name to the quarterback in saskatchewan michael dolagama or domagala yeah yeah (laughs) yeah so they signed two of them so they signed two kickers interesting interesting Mm -hmm. anyways Mm Uh yeah, uh, so leading into the game this week versus the uh, versus the uh, Calgary Stampeders, uh, uh, very surprisingly, Cliff, the Alouettes are actually favored on the road by one and a half points. Um, Calgary is not an easy place for the Alouettes to play. Um, Never has been. Yeah, um, just look at the last couple of times that they played them. You know, mm-hmm. from the almost. You know, almost uh, come back with Gino, uh, the overtime games, and stuff like that. But you said something very interesting to me pre-show when it came to the Calgary Stampeders. Is that do the Calgary Stampeders know who the Calgary Stampeders are? Because you know, again, they're not they're they're not favorite at home versus the Alouettes. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, and I guess and they're coming they're, off a bye too. So I mean, they're. Mm-hmm. One would have to think that they're definitely rested and have probably had a, chance, a better chance to prepare for Montreal. And again, this is a team that typically they've always done better than when it comes to playing in Calgary. So, but at the same time, th- this Calgary franchise is very much in a lot of ways like Montreal in that they have flashes of brilliance. They have times where their their team looks absolutely outstanding. And then they just find new and exciting ways to lose football games. Yeah. And it's just, it's got to be baffling for Stampeder fans as well, because after so, decades practically of top notch quality football, this year has just been an abomination for the, for the Stampeders. No, it's true. Uh, just looking now, Owls of Owls have lost last nine of 10 at Calgary, but the last three 
have just been amazing games. I mean, the Owls win in overtime, uh, forty to thirty-four. Uh, they lose to they lost uh, in regulation twenty-eight twenty-two, and then they lost. I think it was a, was it was it the last second uh, non-catch by Gino. I think, and they lost thirty twenty-seven. Yep. So, you know. It's it's a it's a it's a plus to start off that the Alouettes are favored by one and a half points. Uh, Over under is currently set at forty seven, by the way. So, and that's according to DraftKings. Yeah, and I think a lot of it comes down with Calgary. Is just as I said, they've got talent. They've got talented people, but they just can't seem to put it together when they have to. I mean, we're we're still wondering: Is Jake Mayer the guy in Calgary? I mean, is he tr- is he going to be the quarterback of the future, or is he? a stopgap solution until somebody, something better comes along. We, we truly don't know. And no, it is, it's funny. I, I think back to like when Calgary was here in Montreal and typically Calgary has never done very well playing here. And a lot of people joke about the whole, uh, you know, Stampeders coming in and enjoying the nightlife kind of thing and ends up not being great for the, for the team. But I, I think about that game and uh, aside from a KB and Ento pick six, it was all the kickers. It was all Rene Paredes versus David Cote in that game. And one can't help but wonder if it'll be the same thing this time at McMahon Stadium. Will it be a, a kicking duel and maybe a defensive pick six ends up being the deciding factor for the game, whether it's for Calgary or for Montreal? That's not so impossible to think. I mean, unless truly Cody Fajardo takes a look at the work that he's put in the past four games. And again, I, I we got to address the elephant in the room. Ever since Cody Fajardo came back from his injury, the Alouettes have not won a single game. That's true. And yes, they they have played the quote unquote top tier teams all four of those games, but you still have to find a way to win one. And you damn near won one of them, but it it still comes back to he is on a four game losing skid. And is he going to be able to get this figured out against Calgary? Uh, that that's me is going to be crucial more than anything else because let's face it. There's five games left in this season is if the Alouettes can go nine and nine again, is that going to be good enough to keep second place in the, in the East? I mean, all of a sudden Hamilton seems to be figuring things out. They beat the Winnipeg blue bombers who the Alouettes couldn't beat. Yeah. The Ottawa red blacks beat the Winnipeg blue bombers too. It, it, it's such a weird season in like, you just don't know what to expect. Like this past weekend was a real eye opener in a lot of ways. I mean, we we thought Hamilton was dead and buried with, you know, with all their injuries, but lo and behold, Taylor Powell is figuring stuff out and they're making plays happen. And maybe it's also to Scott Milanovic has taken over the play calling duties in, in Hamilton. Something's working for them all of a sudden. And now yeah, they're essentially tied with the Alouettes. The Alouettes are very lucky to have the season series as a tiebreaker. Yeah, but it's funny. It's funny how the playoff least, spot could could come down to the last home game for the Alouettes this year because versus it, Hamilton. It it very well could, and this is why you're you're playing both Alberta teams. You're playing Ottawa twice, and you're playing Hamilton. Ideally, you should be winning all five of those games. That should be the goal: is to win all five of those games. Owls need to go four and one, in my opinion. They need to go four and one in, in order to to keep this to, uh, in order to keep the uh, the playoff spot and have a be able to host any semifinal. And I know Ottawa is in complete disarray right now. I I, I know they're just. Uh, Are we lucky chip. to get them back to back? We'll find out. <laughs> we'll find out. Tim, we've we've never once slept uh, swept the Red Blacks aside from 2014, and that was still a home and home se- series, like one game, one game there, one game back. Yeah, that was it. That was their their their, their initial year in the CFL. They've they been our nemesis. They've been our nemesis before when it came to the playoffs. We all remember what <laughs> was it uh, twenty? It was 2021. Hell, we can even go back to last year. They spoiled Thanksgiving for us. Yeah. The Alouettes could have clinched that playoff yeah. spot. They, they could have clinched that home playoff game, and they choked. Mm-hmm. Last uh, it was against Ottawa. Now, yes, they they ended up going back to Ottawa a couple of days later and barely winning that game. But let's not forget Tim. 
the two games that the, the Red Blacks and Isle West played this year were very tightly contested affairs. And I, I'll go even so far as maybe the Alouettes were lucky to win both of those games. So just because right now things are not looking great in Ottawa, doesn't mean that these two games coming up are gimmies for the Alouettes. Nope. Nope. Again, I've referenced it many, many a time. Ottawa, the Renegades, and Montreal Alouettes, Canada Day. That's all I gotta say. <laughs> Two thousand five, and it's still haunting us in twenty twenty three. But no, it, you can't, you can't, not, don't, you can't say it's a gimme. All these coaches it, have the right thing. You go, you have to go one and zero each week. It, it's so true. And Edmonton, all of a sudden, is really caught fire as well. That's that wasn't the 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 gimme that it was back in yeah. Ju- June July. Yeah, I know we're looking forward to seeing the guys for the t- for the turf, t- turf districts and everything, but yeah, it's it's things are getting real. That's just it. I mean, like I said, you got five games. I mean, God forbid you go nine and nine again, which means you've won three and lost two of those five games. Mm-hmm. Is that going to be enough to keep that home playoff game that they currently have? I truly don't know. It, I agree with you. You, you. I mean, my God, I mean, you have to, uh, like you said it, I think four and one has, you have to go four and one at the very least. Yeah. Because um, I, because three and two will end up making you nine and nine, but I, I just don't think nine and nine is going to cut it as far as hosting a playoff game. I mean, you might just barely by the balls of your ass, get into the playoffs, but that means you're going on the road to whomever ends up in second place. Yeah, exactly. Just enough quick it's, update. It's just, it's just not so cut and dry. That's no, it's not. That's just a quick update when it comes to uh, the practice reports and injury reports. William Stamek, as we know, who was out last week, uh, has been a full participant this week, which is a plus. It's going to be very interesting to see how how you know what the way we it's been so far this year. Cliff having a three headed monster hasn't mean squat. We've we, every game that we've had all three of them together. The Owls, I think, I think the Owls have lost. Um, Christian Matt looks like he most likely will not play. Uh, he's currently has an, a knee injury, according to the injury report. hasn't uh, played it hasn't practiced at all this week with a uh, one day remaining. Uh, Avery Ellis, who was a healthy scratch, he's been full participant in practice. You know, w- one of the big things too that we were talking about before right there at the beginning of the show, Cliff, is that curious to know what it's going to be like. We talk about getting KGG back, who's very close to also returning to the field. Reggie White. So <laughs> these are good problems to have is to have all this talent. I mean Fajardo needs to get for not for Jardo needs to stay as hot as he was in the second half this past week. And it just comes down to making better decisions. I mean, these hitch screens and checkdowns, I mean that's gotta stop. The happy feet have to stop. I mean there's when he's on, he, he's absolutely outstanding. There's no question about that. No one's going to deny that. But a lot of the decision-making process, though, is so suspect. And that's that's the troubling part is, yeah. I mean, if you're going to make these kind of mistakes, maybe it's better to make them in the first half, get it out of your system, and then focus on the second half. But that means you get, your defense is going to have to play outstanding football too. And they can't sure do you... it. Yeah, I don't want them to do it again because they, again, again, if the Alouettes, if the Alouettes offense goes as it goes stagnant again this week and leave it up to the defense, without with the travel out there, we don't want the defense to get gassed again. We were no. very lucky that the Alouettes were able to start doing something in the second half because, as I had mentioned, uh, as I had mentioned in a, a Flight Deck Live, that you know if it hadn't been for that, the, the defense would have been gassed. We it was just lucky that the first half was just so atrocious for both teams. It really was. And again, with Calgary being Calgary, I mean, they could either be firing out of the gate right off the bat or back to stinking out the joint. It, you just you really don't know which Calgary team you're going to get. We don't know which one's going to show up on Saturday. I mean, as you know, all Alouette's nation can do is just hope that Montreal gets it figured out and plays a complete game from start to finish and mm-hmm. just get it figured out. That's really what it comes down to. I mean, if they can go to Calgary and get the win, which is not impossible, I mean, considering who, who this Calgary team is, it just starts there. And all of a sudden, 
you're seven and seven again, and you're you're, you're back to being a 500 team. Still not a great goal to aspire for, but you're not in the negative, and yeah. it starts from there. Like like you said, take that mentality of one and zero every week. Okay, you went one and zero against Calgary, then you got the next week against Ottawa. Go one and zero there. Ottawa again, one and and so on. It, it, it starts from there, and if you could somehow find a way to win all five of these remaining games, that's awesome. That that will definitely solidify the home playoff game without question. And it will be hot. You know, they always say teams catch. I think Cody has said it this week in a couple of the scrums that he's had. That's available on the Alouettes YouTube page. Um, people get. Teams get hot at, at, for other reasons. You know, he, he's mentioned he's won a great cup being a 500 team. So any, anything's possible, but they, they got to do it. They just got to. It's funny to say so far late in the season. They need to they need to get it right for the next five, seven games, not five, seven. So it's true. It's true. You, you do have to think like that. But it's, it starts with one. It starts with uh, one. eight. Sorry, eight. Yes, I left out Grey Cup. <laughs> you're right. You're, you're you're absolutely right. Yeah, but once again, let's not put the cart before the horse. No, As no, said, no, no, let's, no. Let's, let's let's focus on one and zero this week. That's that's right. That's what Montreal has to do. That's they've got to focus on that. Simply put, and just put it together, get it figured out. Come home from Calgary with a win, and it goes from there. And you just start building that momentum again, and you're you're back to being that team again and call it consistently inconsistent if you want, but so what just win. That's all it really comes down to now is you got to win. You, you're out of gimmies. You're out of mulligans. You're out of, mm-hmm. well, we'll get them next times. You're, that's all done. That's finished. Finito. Like now these games truly, truly, truly count. You know, yeah. you're not going to catch first. You're not getting first place. That's, no. that's already dealt with. Accept yeah. it. That's already in the history get- books. So, but second place is very attainable. It is still something that you have it now. Now you got to keep it. You got to fight and work your ass off to keep it. It can be done, but you got your work cut out for you. Simple as that. Yeah. But just it starts in Calgary, and God willing, it'll keep on going from there. But focus exactly. on that. And man, I, I just I just want to see this team come out and really prove themselves to everybody and put the yeah. league on notice once again. Don't forget you can reach out to us on any part, any of our socials. Uh, also, if you want to email us, you can do so. You can email me at tim.capper at alouettesflightdeck.ca or you can email Cliff over at uh, cliffed.pine at alouettesflightdeck.ca. Uh, we are going to be live again for our, for our uh, Flight Deck Live post-game show. Uh, that will be uh, occurring uh, almost immediately after the game, so stay tuned for the the link and for the notification of uh, when we are going to go live because we'll be talking about you know, our first reactions to the Alouettes at Stampeders. Um, but uh, other than that, dude, it's uh, you know you you hit the nail on the head. I don't think we can say it anymore. Uh, they need to right the ship. Uh, they need to get back on track um because right now they are in that spot where they are they still do have that playoff spot but again we still got five more to go so that's uh they gotta they just just gotta concentrate and if this week this past weekend taught us nothing else is that anything is possible including the alouettes letting this slip away so right now they they can they control their own destiny as far as second place goes yep it's how bad you want it you know because if you don't want it Hamilton, as I said, they're coming alive. And they're they're getting hot at the right time. Yeah, they, yeah. it could very well easily be Hamilton going and hosting that playoff game instead. Personally, I want to be at Percival Molson Stadium November in, in November. I do too. I really do. So, but it, it starts with one. It just starts exactly. with one. So, yep. I hope I hope I hope the team has that mentality. I hope they have that mindset. And they go into Calgary and they just. Do what they know how to do. Simple as exactly. that. Exactly. I agree with you. We appreciate everybody who's listened to the show week after week after week. We love doing this for you. And we love doing the, the you know, our newest uh, project, the, the Flight Deck Live. We seem to be getting some great uh, feedback on it. And we really appreciate you guys listening on all of our, pla- uh, watching on all of our platforms. So uh, well, if you we don't happen to see you on Flight Deck Live this week, we will talk to you next week with the next podcast. 
So until then, for everybody here at the Flight uh, Alouette's Flight Deck for Cliffy D, I'm Tim Capper. We're on Final Approach. Thanks for listening. Find more great shows like this at CF Pod Network on Twitter.